Welcome to the Fully Alive Man podcast. This is a podcast to help men become fully alive by doing life together. So if you're listening to this podcast, most likely you are wanting to become a more fully alive man and you are wise enough to know that doing life with intentionality in community through men's groups, married groups to help each other become more fully alive is just smart. And that's who we're talking to. This is who this podcast is for, guys who appreciate the value of community. Uh, my name is Robbie Engel. I'll introduce myself first. That's a good uh, idea, Robbie. So I'm Let Robbie. Let me introduce you. <laughs> thanks. Hey, gentlemen, this is Robbie Engel. That's I work. all I got. Hey, thanks, Lee. Uh, and your name, introducing Lee Rogers. Lee works at North Point as the director of men's groups uh, at North Point Community Church, and we get to co-host this, and we're super excited uh, and excited to jump into the topic today. Lee, what are we going to be talking about today in a couple minutes? We are going to jump into the topic of how to study the Bible, and we're going to talk about why why don't we do that automatically? Why don't men automatically think, I got to get in a Bible study collectively every guy listening to this, or at least 90% are like, eh, I'm going to skip to the next yeah, podcast. There's a reason we don't call our men's groups Bible studies. <laughs> That's right. And there's a reason wah, where nine wah, out of 10 wah. of you just felt some kind of subtle shame of like, <laughs> oh gosh, uh, I have to, they're going to try to convince me to stay the Bible. No clue how to do that. Uh, yeah, what that we looks should like. be more ashamed than any man because we work at a church and That's they right. probably make more of an effort than we do. Yep. So we're going to, it's going to be life-giving today. We're going to process why, what it looks like, how, in a way that is probably different than uh, you felt in Sunday school growing up. But speaking of Sunday school, Lee, it, I, when I'm thinking about Bible Sunday school, like flannel graphs, like all the old school stuff, most of the Sunday school, like Bible stuff was Old Testament which is kind of surprising. It feels like most of the stories that I remember are Old Testament, which... Yeah. Besides Zacchaeus. Yeah. Hey, Zacchaeus. And, and Zeke, just thinking about it now, if we went from like um, the the old school flannel, flannel graph, that's hard to say, um, Sunday school picture, wouldn't you imagine that at some point in our life we would see like big candelabra, menorah looking things, and an ark with golden angels at some uh-huh. point in our life? I've never seen that in real life. I'm still waiting to find the ark. It's out there somewhere. (laughs) (laughs) We should make a movie. We should make a movie. Um, When I think of old school, like some of those stories in the Old Testament are wild in and of themselves, let alone to teach me as a little innocent Robbie second grader, you know? like Oh yeah. Like I remember, what comes to mind for me is Samson. Like I learned that in Sunday school. It, It had to be like second grade or something. And I don't know how my Sunday school teacher navigated this one because it's like, all right, so this dude had really long hair and then he was like kind of crazy and he killed like 300 people with this jawbone that he found in the desert. And then they caught him because his girlfriend cut his hair because he really liked pretty girls. And so then he didn't have any strength left and they gouged out his eyes. And so I had these like oozy, bloody eye socket holes and they had him chained up at a party. And then he was like, I'm going down big. And so he pushed over the columns and killed a couple thousand people. <laughs> that is not okay. Right? I that think, is not okay. I do not want to explain that to my children. I, I feel like Sunday school teachers, y'all were great. You're out there. But that's my narrative in my head from the days of Sunday school there. Yeah, but that's a factor. What's, what, what story's in your head? Yeah, the weird one that comes to mind for me, besides the book of Judges, which probably 
you wouldn't, besides Samson, wouldn't tell children about, um, is this story where the prophet, it's either Elisha or Elijah, I honestly don't remember which one, is walking down the road and a group of boys come out just to mm-hmm. hassle him. This old dude, mm-hmm. he's walking down the road and they start calling him Baldy. Hey, Baldy. Hey, Baldy. Mm. And a bear comes out of the, <laughs> it's a terrible idea. A bear comes out of the woods and mauls the boys. Yeah. Is that bizarre? Yeah. It's, and and that was like the Godwin moment of that story. Like, yeah. ah, make fun of a prophet. Listen, Hope kids, like don't claws. make fun of bald people. And don't... <laughs> bald prophets. Don't date pretty girls that make you cut your hair and stop killing people. I don't a lot know. Of, a lot of life lessons. Which, why am I using a different voice to describe my Sunday school teacher lessons? I, that was weird. You're I don't know why I went there. It might be sleep deprivation. Hey, for those of you listening out there, I adopted twins a couple weeks ago. Uh, I have eight kids, eight and under, and so if this is a little loopy, we'll cut this out if we need to. But just yeah. being being known, we're proud of it's you. One for of being, those days, we are proud of you for being here. Bad night of sleep, but it's worth it because this scripture thing has plagued me for like um, I've been a believer twenty five years now, and it has been a roller coaster of shame and guilt and success and not. Um, I, I had this incredible teacher in high school and a couple incredible mentors, and I said, hey, you're an old, amazing man that I want to be like, what's the key, what's the tip or trick to um, thriving in life and becoming you? And it feels like the more I ask guys that who are older, the most consistent answer I get is frequently spend time in Scripture, replacing truths, replacing lies in the world and the noise with truths found in which he organized through scripture. And so I know that I've heard that so many times from incredible older men that saying the trick to me being an amazing man is that I've figured out a way to intentionally get into scripture on more days than not to kind of set a new precedent and frame of how I live and how I see and how I think. I know that, but it's been so hard and it's so weird and tricky and even discussing in my groups and leveraging scripture in my men's groups it's been a tension for me. Yeah, it's kind of like the advice is just do it. Yeah. You know, how do yeah. I read my Bible more? Uh, read your Bible more. Yeah. And Thanks. then get together as a group and like get into scripture. Uh, yeah, because I've been to Bible studies and yeah, it's not inspiring usually. Usually. But then, like, if, if you but, have somebody who's passionate about it, if you have a Bible teacher in your group, it, it can be inspiring. Yeah, but who has that? And even the Bible teachers shouldn't, half of them that think they're Bible teachers shouldn't. And so we err on the side of like the more fill in the blanks, then we feel special because it's like intentional. But even the fill in the blanks, it's a weird process depending on what it is and the format. I think also it's like any discipline that, you know, if you want to get better at something, you need to do it, like you said, repeatedly. You Mm -hmm. need to do it often. You need to do it a lot. And it, and it's hard. It's hard to maintain that kind of momentum with anything. It could be you know, whether it's guitar lessons or whatever it is you want to do, you know, reading, studying your Bible is, it's opposed by the busyness of life and everything else. You're an, you're an old guy. You've, you've yeah. been a believer for oh, a while yeah. now. What's your pattern look like in the guys that you work with through men's groups? What, what, what's the pattern you're seeing? Well, I scribe the Bible daily. No, I don't. <laughs> that would be amazing. Our friend, John Woodall, who, who does uh, Wisdom from the Woods, he literally has scribed, 
I don't know how much of the Bible, but a bunch, which means scribe that, is a fancy word for just copying. Yeah, copying down in your in your yeah. own handwriting. But it's incredible. I yeah. mean, it's incredibly life giving for him. We don't really have a Bible study plan. We have taken on some books of the Bible, and and I'll explain in, in a little while how we did that. But um, we don't have it regularly scheduled to do a book of the Bible, though. Though I think we should. I, I wish we did more. So nobody's going to argue against reading more of your Bible as a Christian. It just makes sense. And we've heard from old guys, as you just said, that that is important and we should do that. But what do you think it is for you personally that, that keeps you from doing that? Yeah, I don't, it, it's interesting. It feels like it, it changes depending on different seasons of life. Um, over the course, I've tried so many different things and it feels like some stick, like scribing Romans. That, that was a cool for a season. And sometimes I'll do, like I'll hear about some kind of new contemplative, like Lectio Divina type thing where it's like, read a couple verses and then read them again a hundred times over and just stay there for a month. Or I've done the Bible reading in a year uh, by myself. And I've tried that with others where there's accountability and which is actually the most successful. But to be honest, it it comes in waves. And sometimes it's this weird tension of, I want to, so I'm going to discipline my way into doing it enough that I actually enjoy it. Because a lot, most of the time, I don't wake up wanting and like, I can't wait yep. to jump into scripture. If I'm being honest, over yep. the past 25 years, that's the exception. And so the way I start would be some kind of discipline, like one of those tips or tricks to try to get something going. Sometimes those peter out and it didn't translate into either a habit or a desire where it becomes life-giving. And that's where for me, it's weird. It's this tension of like, is it the discipline that stops me from doing it? Or is it the perspective of it? Like mm-hmm. I need to, to be okay or feel better about myself as a Christian or to learn, or I get to go reframe truths with God. It's a hard thing, man. It makes and, me. Yeah. And there's a lot, there's a lot more to it than that. Also, I know for me, I'll run into something just as simple as where do I start? Yeah. You know, I, yeah. I jump into something in the Old Testament. I end up in four chapters of genealogies. I think maybe God wanted me to to be in the New Testament, yeah. and I jump back there, and I I think, wow, I need to you know really know more about the Old Testament. And it's like, shoot, yeah. I don't even know. And, and I mean, even the stories that we just told a little while ago, some of it's super confusing. Yeah, it's like what what is what is the application of the the bear story? What, what I don't are- know. So, so what? What are more of the patterns? You said you don't know where to start. What What's your journey look and like? I'll be honest. I don't love reading. I, I don't love reading long passages. I don't. I get. I get tired when I read a lot, especially if I read a lot that doesn't speak directly to me or keep hmm. me entertained. Hmm. And I don't think the Bible's you know made to keep me entertained all the time. Hmm. So you don't read the Bible? That is not what I'm saying exactly. But it does take effort. That's for sure. <laughs> It usually takes discipline from me, challenge from someone else, or if I am trying to look for something specific, mm. like I want to know everything it says about giving or grace or mm. something like that, gotcha. and then I find myself all over the map, and that does it. That's not a discipline. Gotcha. That's just kind of searching through the Bible, googling the Bible. And I think there's an undercurrent of like shame here that is more paralyzing absolutely than helpful because it's like I should 
And we somehow spiritualize that into um, how much we're reading the Bible is how close we are to God. That is so instilled. That was so instilled in me growing up and in so many guys yep. that I talk to, which is so different than the truth of grace and how that affects my relationship with Jesus. Zero, because my relationship with Jesus is completely utterly complete and full and accepted and loved, and there's nothing that would change any of that. But somehow in my narrative, I think it would. Yeah, that's true. It kind of sneaks in as a to-do, like I need to do more. Uh, Like I'm not hearing from God or things aren't going well. Like, well, what can you do? Well, I could read my Bible more. And that doesn't affect my relationship with God at all. But at the same time, on the other hand, I'm sitting here thinking, yeah, but that's valuable to have greater clarity and wisdom right. because he gives us wisdom and clarity from his word. It's a confused motivation. Yeah. So if it's confusing for us personally, let alone <laughs> the discipline and habit in a crazy busy world, what about groups? That's a whole nother dynamic of challenge because you get a group of guys together or a married group. Okay, let's study the Bible. What wah, wah. It, What? What are some different examples of like Bible studies you've seen? You've got the like, super preacher, like, I'm going to teach you guys. And they, like, try to read commentaries and bring in nuggets to teach everybody. That's that's one. That's one. There's also the one that's, like, the Bible study. And I've used a million of these, and I, I think they have been valuable to some degree, but it's, like, the fill in the blank. Hmm. Like, you read this passage, this half a chapter, and then it's, like, you know, this guy climbed a tree, and you fill in Zacchaeus. And it's, like, yep, okay, I did it. It's, a, you know, <laughs> just check the box. Yeah. And a lot of times, different guys in the group have different pictures of what that should look like. Yeah. You know, one guy grew up thinking of the Bible this way, and this is how you should study it, and this is how you should read it. And, and another guy, you know, you could argue over True. ways to study. This is a public disclaimer, like for anybody listening, 100% of guys don't feel like they know the Bible enough to teach it. And well said. Are, are, well, I can't because of the insecurities we feel. They're not real. All of us feel that. And professors that are teaching it also feel that. And the whatever percentage of guys who do feel like they need to tell you exactly <laughs> what it says, yeah. just as unhealthy. Just say no. <laughs> um, so we got an opportunity here to move the ball and become better and figure out how to tie this, this truth that old guys say is incredibly invaluable for them thriving and growing in godliness as part of their life. We have community with each other to leverage this amazing gift that God has captured truths and principles for us to understand who he is and his love for us. And we can help each other use this, but it's not easy and it's difficult and it's plagued with all kinds of stuff. But don't worry, guys. We've got some ideas that will move this towards freedom and life to tap into the blessing that comes from the truths and figuring out the wisdom of God and his love for us through scripture. But first, we've got a little section that we like to call Man Hacks. A man hack is a tip or trick we've picked up that we're just passing along to help the guys out there. Make your life better, make make your life easier. Yeah. So what you got for them? All right, this is what I got for you today. And about four or five guys have mentioned this man hack to me, and I've used it. And this works. Hmm. So if you are at a restaurant, even a fast food restaurant, and you want fresh French fries, I don't know if that's a big deal to you, but if it is, this is how you get them. You say, hey, on those fries, please give them to me no salt. 
Oh. No salt or no seasoning means they have to make a fresh batch of fries, and you oh, don't like get the it. old fries that have been sitting there getting soggy for a I long like time. It. And you're yeah. healthier. Man hack. Double win. That's right. All right. So my man hack, I don't get to travel much with eight kids, uh, but we brought our ho- twins home on a plane. That was exciting. Luckily, they're babies and just slept. I'm heading out next week. And I, I wear a baseball hat a lot on the weekends, trucker cap, whatever. On a plane, bring a hat. Put the hat on the little hook. Once you put your tray down, uh, put the the latch part in the back of the hat on that hook, and it gives a little hanging pocket right above your tray. So you can put your phone into that hanging pocket, and it's a steady, safe place for your phone to watch a show, read something, whatever. Entertainment now, center. That's right, the entertainment center. Instead of trying to prop it at an angle on yep. that slippery tray next to your Coke or it's whatever genius. you get... Uh, you're welcome, guys. Um, and I'm going to be using that in a couple days. Fantastic. So that's it, guys, for this section we like to call Man Hacks. Hacks. All right, guys, jumping back in. We we all know uh, scripture, this weird tension of shame, expectation, let alone how to read or build the discipline is hard for us personally in our lives. And it's also hard to figure out a cadence to incorporate scripture into our groups. Before we get to how, we should start with the why, making Simon Sinek fans out there proud. Lee, why why do you think it's important for us to talk about this in the in the environment of groups, men's groups, married groups, and figuring out what to do with this? Yeah, that's a great question, Robbie. And for a lot of us, we think about the scripture, we think about um, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17, that says, all scriptures God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness, so that the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Mm. I mean, that is just an amazing scripture in itself, and just lays out some reasons that we should know scripture, reasons that we should should study it. Um, one, because it came from God. That's huge. That's a huge factor. Um, and to use it for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness and we all want to be righteous, but yeah, it just helps us have a foundation for what we believe. I think one of the biggest, we've talked a lot about a lot of reasons, but one is we don't have a practical, simple way that any of us feel comfortable to jump in. What is that? If you talk to a guy in a men's group, how can we overcome this? Yeah. I'm going to tell you, I'm going to give you a practical, easy plan. Come on. Easy to remember. And I'm going to tell you where the link is to find it when you need it repeated. But I'll, so I'll that say, any wait disclaimer so that any guy listening to this, not being a seminary, not knowing, maybe not even reading a lot of the Bible, not knowing anything, would be able to lead a Bible study, quote unquote, just to scare everybody. Absolutely, anybody doesn't matter how yeah. much you know, you can jump in. Even you, Robbie, could even lead me your group through. All right, this I'm listening. Today. Edge of yeah. seat, guys. This is as easy as pray, read, think, apply. And I'll say that I'm going to break that down and explain what pray, read, think, apply means. But we put together, we looked at lots of different ways to study the Bible, observation, interpretation, application, the the one-year study, the topical, the character, whatever it is. But we landed on this plan as the best way that we could see and we could think of to... um, study the Bible as a private discipline, or honestly, just to use in your group. And you can use this plan without even having homework. Pray, so read, it's perda. Like a, <laughs> yeah, perda. It's catchy. Pray, read, think, apply. Yeah. yeah. Good let's, job on that. Yeah. If that helps, think of it that way. <laughs> Otherwise, pray, read, think, apply. So let's start with pray. What do you do? Guys, this is so easy. You're essentially just saying, Lord, 
teach me what your word says. Mm. Teach me whatever this passage of scripture that we've taken to study. It could be a chapter. It could be a paragraph, whatever it is. Um, just as simple as a two-second prayer. So Lord, I roll in. Me. I sit down. I go, hey, let's try Colossians uh, chapter. How, how many Three. chapters do you do in this? You, what, what do I start with? You can make it as small or big as you want. But if you said, hey, I want to study Colossians, I would say, hey, let's take chapter one. All right. So I roll in. Hey, guys, uh, let's do Colossians chapter one. Yep. And we just start by praying and say, God, teach us Lord, in this. teach us what this says. Lord, We've, teach us what this says. Step one, down. Done. Okay. We done. did it. I can do that. The, the second thing is read. And if I were in a group, I would just read it aloud. I would mm-hmm. read it out loud. That way... Um, you don't have to count on guys to try to read it in the car on the way to group, and you don't have to count on people doing their homework. They're welcome to do the homework if they want, but if you're doing Colossians 1, let's read it. Right here in the group, somebody reads Colossians 1, now everyone has heard it. I love it. And since you just referred to it as homework, I know I'm not going to do it. So Absolutely. Reading it out loud. So I come in, hey, let's pray. We jump in. We just read Colossians 1 out loud. We read through. Yep. You're takes- six minutes in, you're already on step three. Okay. So pray, read, think, apply. Think is the third step. Now, this has two parts. One is think about what, what was just read. Hmm. You can read it again by yourself, but give everybody in the group five minutes, 10 minutes, whatever you need to think about what stood out to them from the passage of Scripture. It could be a word. It could be a thought. It could take them into a story. Who knows? But what jumped out at you? as this piece of scripture was read. And the other part of think is context. Think about who the author is of this piece of scripture, um, where the setting is, who the original audience is. Just think about the context. So think about what stood out to me personally and think about context. I would give the guys, honestly, 10 minutes quiet time, take your journal. So I can reread it silently, circle some stuff, write it down. If I'm on my phone, I can like, hyperlink a commentary to get context and go, hey, what is this? What is a denarii in order to have an idea of what it is, which the Bible app can do, right? That's right. right, Denarii just doesn't sound like a word anymore, but I don't. (laughs) Is it? So come in. Hey, let's read Colossians. We're going to do chapter one. Let's pray real quick. And we read that. And then we think about it. We spend 10 minutes reading it, thinking, looking for context. We've read. We've thought about it. Those two parts. And the last thing is... The easiest, probably, well, sometimes it's the easiest, but it may be the most important because now we're asking, um, what can I do? Hmm. From from whatever this I took the from the scripture. In yeah, Perda. This is the apply in Perda. <laughs> what do I do with this? Where do I take it? And you talk about it with your group because when I explain to you what, what this spoke to me and how I'm going to apply it, it's going to inspire something in you. It may speak to you in a different way and may help you see what it can do for you. And now you That's have good. a bunch of guys who know what you plan to do that can ask you about it next time. And 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 the questions you always ask, what 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 does this mean for me? What am I going to do about it? And how can we help? What does this mean for me is the think piece. And then the apply That's piece right. is what am I going to do about it and how we can help each other by sharing what I'm going to do, how I'm going to apply this, then other guys have the opportunity to come alongside. That is the gold of doing any kind of Bible study or scripture study in a group is that you have guys, one, to bounce ideas off of, to share with, um, and two, just to have, even if it's just speaking it, no one brings it up again. The fact that like, if I tell you what I'm going to do, 
then that's just automatic accountability. Something in my head awesome. wants to do that. That makes me think, Clay, on our last podcast, um, one thing Clay does to, for, to systematize his time in scripture is that he always has a group that he has a goal of like, hey, let's do Acts this month. And mm-hmm. every morning he texts a few like insights of like the Think Apply and that accountability coupled with the discipline. That's awesome. He's been he's been a machine in scripture the past couple of years. And and that builds in that accountability piece. Yeah, that's that really helps good. the discipline and also helps you apply it to actually grow. That's, that's like good. the combo. And then when you see your if you're doing something like that, then when you see your guys, it's gonna come up. Hey, thanks for sending that text. Thanks for sending that note. That was really good. That's awesome. And we get together in community for the sake of growth. Growth happens when we learn something new and are challenged and we apply truths into our lives in order to trust God with those truths and actually implement and change. That leads to growth. That's good. This this pray, read, think, apply, to be able to read and then think and then apply that is so, so simple that... I think I would be comfortable to lead this quote unquote Bible. We should not I say Bible study. Do, yeah. But quote unquote, oh, I can go into my group. Hey, let's read Colossians 1. We're going to pray. You can charge the hill of scripture That's with right. your group. We read it out loud, then go, hey, st- take 10 minutes, see what stood out, think about the context, read it silently. And then we go, hey, what stood out? What are you going to do? What will you do with this? Because this is truth that God captured for the sake of freedom and us understanding yep. his love for us. And now, how does that apply into my life, which leads into going how we can help each other do that? Men, if we did this in our men's and married groups more frequently, which has no homework, unless you want it. That's right. And you can just roll in and leverage it's, God's it, wisdom It's on making paper. the most of your time together. I love it. All right, yeah. my group is going to do this in this next season. We're I gonna- love it. Hey, so let me tell you this. All of this stuff that we've said, pray, read, think, apply, or as Robbie put it, Perda. Perda. <laughs> it is all easily found at groupleaders.org slash npmen. So if you go on to groupleaders.org slash npmen, anyone can do it. You don't have to be a leader to go on groupleaders.org slash npmen. And you look at the Bible study method, Perda is right there. That's a man hack. You can go to groupleaders.org backslash npmen and be like, oh. Makes your life better. These pastors have been doing something. Man They've been hacks. making something. What are they doing up there? I don't know why I just went country. Sleep deprivation. Eight kids. <laughs> Thanks, twins. Guys, this was a lot of fun. Uh, Lee, thank you. This was super practical. As always, we appreciate you guys. If you appreciate this, share it, like it. We hope you can leverage these podcasts to help your group and community of men in your men's groups and married groups go further faster so that collectively we can be a community of men who are fully alive. And to wrap up, we're going to hear from an alive man named John Woodall in a section that we like to call Wisdom from the Woods. So this year, my wife and I are going to celebrate our 44th wedding anniversary. And I've been doing a lot of thinking about us, our marriage, uh, the relationships, the dynamic between men and women. And one of the things that I've been thinking about is what causes a man to react to his wife? Um, I've been reacting in certain ways that I'm not necessarily pleased with. I wish that I would respond in a different way, but a lot of guys react to their wives, you know, 
for various reasons, but you know, some that I've heard of is when a wife exposes marriage problems to outsiders. That's kind of frustrating. It creates a reaction. You know, we're working our butts off trying to provide and trying to lead, and when we don't sense a spirit of gratitude or a grateful spirit, I know I react to those kinds of things. And particularly if I feel like we've done something and it's been forgiven, but it gets rehearsed, you know, it causes me to react. But the other question I want to ask you guys today is not, I don't want you thinking primarily about what causes you to react to your woman, but what are you doing that causes your wife to react to you? What are you doing or not doing that is causing your girlfriend to react to you? Uh, As you know, we're all different. Different women have different needs, but there are some general um, ideas that you see that that cause women to react. For example, one is if we don't give this person time to prepare for change. If we just spring an idea on them, um, it can cause them to react. Another one that I may have mentioned in a former podcast is if you are not listening to the cautions and the counsel of your wife or the woman that you're walking with, uh, she can react to that because she has ideas, she has thoughts, she has feelings, she has inputs uh, that she wants to give to you. So in your relationship, as you're thinking about proper reaction or responses to one another, Uh, Not only think about what causes you to react to your wife or your woman, but be thinking about what are the things that are causing her to react. Take the time to slow down, be interested enough, to be curious enough, and to do as Peter says in 1 Peter chapter 3, to dwell with her in an understanding way. Seek to understand before being understood. Think about that. All right, guys, in the next episode or two, we're going to be jumping to your questions. Uh, So make sure you email. We've got some good ones so far. Last call, email some questions to npmen at northpoint.org. And Lee and I are going to have a question Q&A podcast. It's going to be fun coming up. We hope you enjoyed it. Thanks for listening.